the Eastern Oklahoma Catholic Podcast can be found on your favorite streaming platform, including Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Spotify. When I was uh, in campus ministry, one of the things that we ran into so often were donors to the university or to even our campus ministry who had become quite wealthy and successful, having come from very humble uh, backgrounds, but precisely because of what happened to them in the four years that they were in that institution, in that college, uh, that changed the whole trajectory of their life, changed their what they even thought was possible for them, uh, such that they ended up being very successful in business and so forth because of it. And then they recognized, you know what? I want to give back. I want to help other people have what I, what I got. Welcome to Tulsa Time with Bishop Condorla. My name is Derek Lissy, and I am your host. And we come to you this week uh, near Catholic Schools Week. So it's mm. uh, good to be with you again, Bishop, and uh, talk yeah. about Catholic schools and everything going on this week. Great, great memories. I grew up in Bryan, Texas, as people know, and we had a wonderful school. That little Catholic school there, I think, began in 1874. Three, something like Seriously? that. Seriously, wow. Uh, so it's a, it's a very old school. Uh, I was in Catholic school from first grade to eighth grade. And as I recall, I seem to recall some of my younger siblings also going to kindergarten, but I didn't. So I think maybe we didn't have kindergarten yet <laughs> when I was going, when I was the age to go to kindergarten. Different time. Um but uh, we had this little Catholic school. Of course, it seemed big at the time. I've visited it, you know, in the other years, and I'm just amazed that we had this tiny little school. Um, my first grade teacher was uh, Sister Beatrice. And uh, Sister Beatrice belonged to the Incarnate Word Blessed Sacrament Sisters out of Houston, Texas. And when I was in my first year in the seminary, I went to a, a jubilarian mass for some of those sisters of that community and other communities in Houston. And there was Sister Beatrice, and I had not seen her since maybe sixth grade or something. Uh, so I'm 25 at the time, so long time later. And she was dressed in... Uh, not the habit that she wore when, when we were in school. She was dressed in a much simplified habit. And she was probably in her later 60s or so when I saw her then. Yeah. Which, when I did the math, meant that she was only about 20 or 21 or 2 when she was teaching us in first grade. And we all thought she was an old lady, you know. <laughs> So that was that was really reality check. Yeah. It was really funny to think back on that. Those veils hide a lot, you know. And of course, little kids don't know anything about no, yeah, facial we... features or whatever. But um, yeah, it was a wonderful school. 
the the classes were relatively small. The teachers were intent on us learning, and uh, there was good discipline in the school. Uh, we had the playground, you know. We played kickball, all of the things that that one remembers out of a childhood in in Catholic mm-hmm. schools. Uh, Sister Carmel was the principal, and of course, everybody was afraid to to have to go to the principal's office and so forth. And so, we had mimeograph test papers. So this will bring back lots of memories for people that are listening. Uh, the the purple ink sheets of paper. The mimeograph machine was a hand crank kind of a machine, and somehow it used a drum of ink, and you attached to this sort of a sort of like a carbon copy kind of a thing on it, and you spun out these copies, and they all smelled strongly of that ink. And so we were always... Some of those memories, I think, are just like school memories, not necessarily Catholic <laughs> school memories. Yeah. Because I remember, I remember taking, I remember watching the teachers make notes on the transparencies, on yeah. the overhead projectors, right. you know, things like that, which I don't know what the public schools had, but growing up in Catholic schools, I was, yeah. you know, that was, that was my experience. So, And of course, the big church was right next to the school. And so we went to mass and at least a couple of times a week, I guess, Um and, you know, once we were old enough to altar serve, so we were serving at Mass and all those things. So. Yeah, the, the classic in altar serving was to get the funeral gigs during the school day. That's right. Cut class and get a check. That's you know, right. that was the get way out to of do school. it. Yeah. Get a little money for it, too. Yeah. My, bro- my older brother was really good at getting those deals. I was not. He yeah. just found his way. <laughs> I don't know if it was because he was, you know, a brown noser or what. but Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but that's great. Yeah. Now, I went to Catholic schools all the way through and had— had good experience. My kids go to Catholic schools here in Tulsa now. So, yeah, that's a question to explore as we get ready for Catholic Schools Week. Mm-hmm. You being a parent who sends kids to Catholic schools, what these days are parents? What are the the reasons that parents are choosing Catholic education? Mm-hmm. I look at it from the perspective of the good that can be had from Catholic schools, Bishop. So, like, I want an opportunity where my my children will be will be known, loved, served well, and hopefully will be introduced to the person of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. um, and will come to know God's love through the classroom experience, through that experience. Mm-hmm. So that they're first and foremost be being educated in a fashion where they are hopefully being sort of aimed or their compass sort of guided to true north of, of becoming becoming a saint. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's my hope for my kids when they go to Catholic sure. schools. Um, sometimes, you know, you'll hear people say, oh, it's to avoid this or that that's going on outside of Catholic schools or something. I, my hope is that those people that are, you know, teaching in the schools that are leading our schools mm-hmm. are doing so in such a way that they're bringing our children to the love of Jesus Christ. Right. Yeah. And I think that's perhaps a, a sort of a defining characteristic of the difference between uh, Catholic education and other forms mm-hmm. of education. And it's important to say this in a in a correct way because we always want to remember and recognize that there are many, many Catholics teaching in public schools uh, and doing tremendous good work in doing that and bringing their faith with them mm-hmm. into the school, into the classroom, in the way that they interact with the children and with the parents uh, in their desires for the learning of the children, even in their prayers for the children, 
But the difference is that a Catholic school is, or any uh, Christian school, presumably, is precisely uh, designed to introduce the children to Jesus Christ. In the public school setting, that might come in, but the school itself is not oriented around that. Right. And so uh, our Catholic schools, we want those children to come out of them uh, able to compete with anybody in terms of the education component. Yeah. What did they learn? How well do they read and write? What's their sure. ability to do math and science and all the rest of it? But we also want them to be people who know Jesus and hopefully who have had, even at that early age, a, an experience of the Lord in their life. And it will come in all kinds of ways, through the, through the lessons in the classroom, through Mass, through the Masses that they attend, uh, that they celebrate. But also, hopefully, even just among each other. Mm -hmm. You know, if you can lead them in discussions and they can hear their classmates talk about or see one another uh, be excited about saints' days or things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, those are all important things as well. And to get to know other kids who are also in that environment, right, mm -hmm. who are, you know, going through catechesis of the Good Shepherd and, mm -hmm. and sitting through large-scale sessions on, you know, mm -hmm. um, the gospel and, and sort of coming to know to know God through the Word. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, certainly I was not one of the angelic kids <laughs> in, in my Catholic school days, so there's the recognition that uh, Catholic schools don't guarantee that we have little saints uh, coming out right. of them. But... I still think that they have the advantage because there is a, a North Star, so to speak. Uh, we understand where we're trying to get them to go. And there's much more likelihood that there are going to be some kids who are tuning in and catching on to what the faith is teaching them uh, at an earlier age, perhaps. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I go around to the schools that we have and one of the things that I see in them is a kind of excellence in terms of the educational uh, component of the school that's always very encouraging, but also faithful people, people who are teachers. You know, of course, many teachers in our schools are not Catholic, mm -hmm. and yet we expect of them and, and desire from them to support the mission and the ministry of the Catholic school. Many of the students are not Catholic. Uh, we don't require of them to become Catholic. We hope that for everybody in the whole world, uh, but we don't require it of them. But at the same time, we do expect them to understand what Catholicism is. They're going to be learning that in their religion class and theology class and the rest. Um, yeah. yeah. What's your, uh, what are ways that um, people can participate in Catholic Schools Week um, as far as, you know, praying for the success of Catholic yeah. schools, you know. Yeah, uh, you know, certainly certainly everyone can pray for children in school these days. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, if you're, if you're involved in a Catholic school, then certainly pray mm -hmm. for the kids in that school. But wherever your kids go to school, pray for the kids and the teachers in that school mm -hmm. because they're in need of help. Uh, everywhere, we live in a culture that, 
doesn't always support the moral life that parents may be trying to teach children. And so whatever school they may go to, Catholic schools included, they're going to need help and prayer. Mm -hmm. um, another way that people can assist certainly with Catholic education is through our SGOs. Hmm. Uh, so in the state of Oklahoma, one of the one of the gifts that we have for living in this state is what's called the tax scholarship. How do you say it? Tax credit scholarship. Yeah, we have tax credit scholarships through ta uh, scholarship granting organizations. Yeah, scholarship granting organizations. So, you know. For my, for example, myself as a taxpayer, mm. I'm able to designate a portion of my taxes to the school. Uh, we have two SGOs in the diocese. We have Veritas, which is the one that I uh, primarily support, and that is the diocesan uh, SGO. And then we also have Go for Catholic schools, which has been around much longer than Veritas. And a person can can designate through either of them. That's a right. portion of their tax burden to go to schools, mm -hmm. to go to help uh, families pay for uh, tuition for schools. So that's one of the gifts. We just recently had our tax credit law in the state. That's right, the PCTC. PC, is that the, what it's yeah. called? Parental Choice Tax Credit. There we go, the PCTC. <laughs> so that's an excellent uh, gift to parents in the state you yeah, know school choice getting passed big deal helping to pay for school yeah and now we're we're trying to create the first ever in the nation even uh, the first ever catholic virtual charter school mm -hmm. and it's been controversial because it is contrary to the state uh, constitution, the state law. That's right. The the law that governs charter schools in the state of Oklahoma says that um, any any entity can form a Catholic can form a charter school unless it's a religious entity. And so our point in trying to create this uh, virtual school is to recognize that we think that law is itself unconstitutional. And certainly is an unjust law, is a discriminatory law against religion. And so what we hope to accomplish with this uh, St. Isidore uh, um, Virtual Charter School is the ability of parents anywhere in the state to be able to have access to a Catholic education, because that's not true now. Now we have Catholic schools in the Tulsa metro area, out to Muskogee and Bartlesville, and in the Oklahoma City area, and out to some larger rural sites, yeah, larger towns around, and then that's it. And if you live in one of the rural areas, you don't really have access to a Catholic education. But if we can get this um, this Catholic charter school off the ground, then you would. It's a virtual school, so it's a different. Uh, kind of education, but nonetheless, it gives parents another option. So we're hopeful for that. Yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot going on in education in our state in many ways that that's supporting our and and as schools. it ought to be. I mean, it, again, as the schools are another thing that's easy to take for granted. We all went through one, um, and unless you think much about it, you don't you don't realize 
what a difference it has made in your life. The education that you got, the difference that it has made in your life. When I was uh, in campus ministry, one of the things that we ran into so often were donors to the university or to even our campus ministry who had become quite wealthy and successful, having come from very humble uh, backgrounds, but precisely because of what happened to them in the four years that they were in that institution, in that college, uh, that changed the whole trajectory of their life, changed their what they even thought was possible for them, uh, such that they ended up being very successful in business and so forth because of it. And then they recognized, you know what? I want to give back. I want to help other people have what I, what I got. So similarly for us in, in our Catholic schools, I hear so often from people in, in the diocese, oh, yeah, I went to, you know, Holy Family School back when it had a high school, and it was we were all stuffed in there, and there were 300 kids and yeah. 40 nuns and, you know, all the rest of it. And uh, so people have fond memories of that and recognize, you know, it was those were the beginnings of me mm-hmm. uh, having a future. Yeah. Yeah. And also, too, I, I mean, just even reflecting as a younger man, I mean, I, I can vague, I can remember, I have memories from Catholic grade school, you know, K through eighth grade, you know, in, in high school. But, but, you know, like it's hard to really understand the impact that it had on you until you have your own children, you start raising them and you're trying to teach them things and you're Mm. trying to raise them right. And you're trying to, you know, give them proper coaching and discipline and order in their lives. And and you realize what a task it is, what a heavy lift it is. Mm -hmm. And then you drop them off and it's like, Oh my goodness. Like God bless you teachers. You know I mean? Like good luck, you know, and for some of our kids, it's like, good luck with this one. I mean, I got a couple of them in the hopper when they get in there. Good luck. That um, has, I have had that thought often visiting the schools, uh, particularly, for example, like kindergarten or preschool. Yeah. You know, those kids have so much energy, boundless energy. And I'm thinking these teachers are with them all day long. Wow. Yeah. I just, oof, I don't know how they do it, but yeah, but yeah, but but we have many great, but, but that's another good thought is, is just teachers in general. What a gift mm-hmm. um, and what a ministry yeah. that working in education is. And um, we have many great teachers in this diocese. And, and more often than not, I mean, here in our diocese, I know we try to make an effort to pay our teachers well and, and to try to get as close as we can to sort of the public education standard and some of these things with the uh, uh, parental choice tax credit uh, in getting school choice passed so that there's tax credits for families to send their kids to Catholic schools, there's also a raise for public school teachers. So with right. that in mind, right. you know, it, it's become also more competitive for, for teachers. Yep. And so, you know, there's there's, there's other, uh, not issues, but, but sort of uh, hurdles in that process of trying mm-hmm. to figure all that out. But it's just such a witness to um, evangelization, to um, the gospel in general of yeah. these people who are willing to give their lives in service of the church and service of these kids and yeah, uh, it, teaching it, these schools. It provides a ready, particularly for someone who is evangelically oriented, someone mm-hmm. who, who wants their life, who wants part of the meaning of their life to come from their ability to share the faith with others, then teaching can be very attractive, especially in a Catholic school. Um, because that's what it directly is about. That that's the part of the mission of the school. Um, 
when I was at the University of Dallas in the seminary, we had the Cistercian uh, Monastery of Our Lady of Dallas across the street. And in the past, many of those monks taught at the University of Dallas. And the original set of them that came over, the original community, came from Hungary. Hmm. And they were sort of chased out of Hungary by the communists when the communists took over the country. Okay. They were all uh, professors, teachers in schools and in universities, Catholic institutions, and the communists gave them a choice. You either quit being a monk and quit teaching about religion, and then you could keep your job, yeah. or we'll kill you, or you'll leave. Yeah. Uh, you'll go to prison or whatever. So these monks fled and uh, got out and were invited by Bishop Gorman at the time, who was forming a new university, to come and, and teach at the school. So some of them, however, did stay. That was part of the... There's a number of amazing things about mm. the history of those monks. Wow. But one of the amazing things was that some of the monks did stay. They said to themselves, they recognized, we'll have to go underground... And we'll have to even be kind of uh, hiding from the government what we're actually doing, but we're going to stay in the schools, even posing as no longer being monks, yeah. so that we can continue to bring the gospel to these kids because they're still going to need it. And uh, that's an amazing thing when you think about that, mm. uh, what they were able to do. Yeah. So, yeah, so, uh, you know, for someone who wants to spread the gospel, teaching is a, a beautiful field to do that in. Yeah, a lot of people, when they think about evangelization, and I know I do sometimes when I think about evangelization, we think about it like it's out there, or it's, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes simply put, it's for the priest, or it's for a minister, or it's a role of ministry. But, but I don't know, maybe you could speak to education and evangelization at a specific level, you know, when you see teachers working in schools. How does evangelization happen? How does it? How does it practice tactile? Like how does it? How does it actually happen? You know, to the degree that a teacher is is allowed, one of the simple ways that it can happen, the way it happens in our homes, is just cruc crucifix in the classroom, or you know, Christmas. I'm um, Christmas. Christian um, uh, signs, Christian symbols, in the the classroom space. Uh, to the degree that a teacher is allowed, they can speak of the faith. They can mm -hmm. speak of their own faith. They can talk about how um, Jesus and having a relationship with Jesus gives them a certain uh, patience and a certain resilience for overcoming difficulties like math, homework. You know, I can't understand this math or mm -hmm. I'm having trouble reading this chapter uh, when I have such trouble, you know, I, I ask the Lord to help me, things like that. Uh, so it can be sort of overt in those ways, but it can also be very covert just in the sense of loving children with Christian love. A, a teacher, even a teacher who's not teaching in a, in a religious school, who's teaching in a public school, but who is known by the children, they recognize, wow, this is someone who just really loves us in a way that others maybe don't. Mm -hmm. This is someone who really seems interested in me and in my life and wants to help me. Um, and that can be, 
I'm sure that can be very challenging for the teacher. Uh, certainly there's room for Christian sacrifice and witness there because uh, some children be coming from difficult families maybe have difficulties in their life and are hard to, mm -hmm. to, to uh, relate to and have a relationship with. Yeah, our Catholic schools have provided um, an incredible gift to, to this diocese for generations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, anyways. Okay, well, I, I will typically, during Catholic Schools Week, I'll go around and see the schools all the oh, sure. I can, celebrate Mass and visit the classrooms. And so yeah. I always enjoy doing that. And uh, mostly what I like to do is just to, to leave room for the kids to ask any questions they have, because they always have such yeah. fun and interesting for sure. Uh, questions to ask. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you for joining us. And uh, on this Catholic Schools Week, we hope you have a good one. And uh, thank you for joining us on this Tulsa Time with Bishop Condrela. My name is Derek Lissy, and we hope you have a good rest of your Catholic Schools Week.